Well, friends, welcome to Fuel, the official podcast of Friends Southwest, a family of churches, where we are fueling a spirit-led movement where Jesus changes people who change the world. Today on this edition of Fuel, I want us to approach a topic that sometimes we avoid, sometimes we dread, and sometimes we're not even sure really matters. But I'm convinced in my heart that it needs to become one of the ways that we understand spiritual discipline. Because my prevailing definition of maturity these days, as I understand it from the scriptures, is integration. God says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. All parts of us coming together in an integrated fashion so that we might love God in the most whole way possible. And even the word shalom, right, which he sought to bring to creation means wholeness, not just peace. But very often, we have left something out of the realm of our spiritual life. We've talked a lot about emotional wellness, and we'll keep doing that. But there's something else we need to talk about that hasn't gotten a lot of playtime, actually, in the church at large. And that is physical wellness, that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit, and we're exhorted, therefore, to glorify God with our bodies. We understand that regarding sexuality. Most of us give assent to that. Whether we do it or not, we at least give assent to it. But the idea that how we abuse our bodies with stress, how we misuse food with our bodies, how we require our bodies to function without sleep, we haven't really talked a lot about that. And today, that's what I want us to approach. I hope you'll stay with me, even if right now you're going, oh, I really hate this topic, or you're saying, why is she making us think about this? That's not necessary. I really hope you'll stay with me. We have a fabulous guest, and I think it's going to be helpful to you. My guest is Sean Foy. Sean Foy is an internationally renowned author and speaker and authority on fitness, healthy living, and weight management. He's won too many awards for me to list for you. I have known Sean for several years now. Um, He loves God. He loves his family. He has uh, his wife, Joanne, and his two children, and he has spent his life really helping people know what it means to live healthy for them. He's done that in the corporate world. He's done that in the faith world. He's been on several news shows, ABC, NBC. He's written a couple of different books, including the author of a book called The Burst Workout, which is a proven metabolic makeover book. And then he had the privilege of co-authoring the New York Times number one bestseller, The Daniel Plan. And you might be aware of what The Daniel Plan is. We'll spend a little bit of time talking about that today, just in terms of how it helps us understand how wellness physically fits into our faith journey. 
So Sean, thank you so much for being here today. It's a delight to have you. I know you have so much wisdom and experience to share with us, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Thank you, Heidi. So nice to be with you. Thank you. So like I said in my introduction, this isn't a topic that people are typically in the ministry or even in churches familiar with talking about. Yes, yes. I wonder if we could start with you answering for us, like, why? Why should we talk about this? What impact does our physical wellness have Mm. on our spiritual Mm. wellness? Mm. It's a great question. I think if if we were to sit down with 100 people and ask everybody, do you believe that eating well and exercise is good for you? I think out of the 100, 99 (laughs) of us would raise our hands and say, of course, of course we do. But I think you ask a really important question. That's why. why. Why be involved? Especially as believers, as leaders, why should we do this? Maybe it would help if I shared a quick story, Great. something that was an epiphany for me as I began to work in the health and wellness world. I was at a retreat. I was standing in the food line. Uh, there was a pastor standing in front of me, and he knew what I did for a living. I'll never forget this. He turned to me, and he said, Sean, I know what you do. I know you're in the health and fitness world. He said, I'd like to lose 40 pounds. Mm. And then without hesitation, um, he looked at me and he said, let me tell you why. Mm. And Heidi, honestly, this was the first time that I really gained some information that was critical for my understanding Mm -hmm. theologically, really, of why we should be even discussing this topic. Mm -hmm. He said, I love the Lord, Mm -hmm. and I want to be here as long as I possibly can and share with as many people as I possibly can the love of Christ. Mm -hmm. When he said that, I immediately stepped back and I thought, that is brilliant. Mm. That that was a phrase, because what I was used to really were individuals that were really looking to look better, yeah. feel better. And there's nothing wrong with Absolutely. that. But at the same time, this was a much deeper mm. integration, as you pointed out in your introduction, this idea of wholeness, mm. this idea of shalom. It's a beautiful Hebrew word mm-hmm. for not only peace, as you mentioned, but really the integration of physical, mm-hmm. emotional, relational and spiritual well-being. Absolutely. So for me, the why is critical. Mm -hmm. Um, Why should we even consider moving our bodies? Why should we even consider eating well? I I like to think of it in this way, Heidi, and that is pursuing excellence in body, mind, and spirit, all for the glory of God. I think if we succinctly remember that, that is our motivation, while it has great side effects. We'll feel better. And and this pastor even said to me, he goes, yeah, I want to feel better. I want to look better. But ultimately, the reason, the reason why I want to do this, I want to start these new habits in my life, I want to serve God. I want to glorify God mm-hmm. in a profound way and be here longer and stronger. Um, and that's ultimately what he taught me. Two scriptures come to me immediately at that story. The one is that says we are compelled by the love of Christ. And then the other is whatever you do Mm. in word or deed, Mm. do it all to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that whatever, for some reason, in our Western culture especially, Mm. has not included food and has not included our bodies. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There was... um, Another individual that I'll share a quick story with you because this was just the opposite. Mm. Um, 
I was meeting, working at a corporation. Our company was providing health risk assessments. So we were doing body composition testing, um, functional fitness testing, and this individual would receive a remuneration payment for going through this health mm. assessment. Mm -hmm. Just to give you a, a word picture, this gentleman was five foot eight, um, 450 pounds, a Vietnam veteran. Mm. And what was really interesting about him, he was really angry, Heidi. Mm. He came into the office just not wanting to be there. And I'll never forget what he said to me. He looked at me and said, okay, wellness boy, <laughs> why, why are you talking about all this nutrition, all this fitness stuff? Really, it's just a bunch of, and then a few expletives along mm -hmm. the way, mm -hmm. he just said, it's, it's garbage. And Heidi, here I was, mm -hmm. fresh out of school. Um, I pulled my chair up next to him and... Honestly, um, it was a lesson that I learned. Mm. I looked at him and said, his name was Frank. I said, Frank, did you know that if you were to exercise regularly, that you could extend your life seven more years? And I thought that was great information. Like, mm. who would want to live seven more years? You know what he said to me? Not Frank. He looked at me and he said, what if you don't want to live seven more years? Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to say. Mm -hmm. I sat there dumbfounded. Um, no words for Frank, mm -hmm. no answers for Frank, mm -hmm. because I didn't realize. And what was interesting, long story short, Frank left that session. Mm -hmm. He was very upset with me, and rightfully so. Mm -hmm. I had no right to just throw that out there. Mm -hmm. Without knowing him or knowing mm -hmm. his story, mm -hmm. he came back, Heidi, and I learned something. I was just going to graduate school, and a professor taught me something very wise. If you don't know what to say, don't say anything at all. Mm -hmm. And I just sat and listened to him. Mm -hmm. For the next six months, mm -hmm. he would come into that office and he would just slowly begin to share a little bit more of his story. Mm -hmm. And then one day, it was probably six and a half months later, he said to me, he goes, Sean, would you help me with that exercise program mm -hmm. that you were talking about? And I asked probably the question that most listeners are probably wondering. And that was, I asked him, Frank, why? Why now? He looked me in the eyes and he said, it's for my daughter. Mm -hmm. That's why. Mm -hmm. I don't think we realize the impact our health has on not only from a leadership perspective mm -hmm. on what we bring to others, but our families, our friends, our day in and day out life mm -hmm. uh, in general, mm -hmm. our, our, our walk with Christ. Mm -hmm. I know when I'm not feeling well physically, like mm -hmm. if I've got a cold or sinus infection mm -hmm. or something, I just feel like garbage. Right. And it's really difficult to feel in tune with God. Mm -hmm. And not to say that, that when we're not well, we can't walk with God, but at the same time, it's, it's really tough to have the energy to lead well, mm -hmm. to work well. So this integration is critical. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like you, Heidi, that this is a topic that I've been so wanting mm. to discuss within the church. Yes. And we're just beginning to do that. So between the pastor and Frank's story, I began to learn the why is critical. Mm -hmm. uh, I would ask that first and foremost, what is your why? Mm -hmm. What is your reason for even considering moving more and eating well? Because of those 99 people who would raise their hand to say, yes, eating right and exercise is important, mm -hmm. only a small percentage of those are actually making their life work in such a way that they can do that on a consistent yeah. basis. And that's because they haven't asked the why. Because the truth is, we... What I want to do, I don't do. And what I don't want to do, mm -hmm. I do. Right? Yes. Just Amen. like the Apostle Paul. we. We, we have to understand the motivations in our hearts and what things are keeping us yeah. from doing the things we should. You bring up a really good point about story, and that is that 
everyone has a story as to why or why not they're prioritizing their physical wellness Mm -hmm. and as to why or why not they see that as connected to their spiritual life. And for those of you who are listening today, if nothing else comes from this podcast, I hope you will ask yourself, why haven't I been willing and able to make that a consistent part of my life? Mm-hmm. Or what led me to the place that that really did become part of how I live? Because then you can offer that to others. Because if we don't understand the why, we most likely won't move the ball down the field in any kind of consistent way. Mm-hmm. For me, the why was... Um, You know, my husband died suddenly. My kids were 10, 13, and 16. And I went to the doctor about two years after that and said, okay, I'm doing everything I know how to do to be well and to take care of my children. I want you to run my blood, check my cholesterol, Mm -hmm. check my heart. What else do I need to do? And he said, you need to get in the gym and work hard Mm -hmm. three times a week where you're huffing and puffing and sweating. And it was like, okay, well, I'm going to do the things I can do because there's so many things I have no control over in life. I can do that one. Mm -hmm. I can do that for Mm -hmm. my children. I can do that too. God has my days numbered. Right. But I get to do my part. Of course. And that's my part to ensure that my kids will have at least one parent for hopefully a significant period of time in their life. So Amen. that's my why. Yeah. And it was important to find because it created some consistency for mm-hmm. me. Because mm-hmm. on the days I don't feel like it, I have a really good reason to make myself do it. And you know, Heidi, I, I think for years as a health professional, I was doing a disservice to people. Hmm. And I want to apologize for the health profession because as an exercise physiologist and really someone that's been in the fitness realm for a number of years, I was really leading with the how. Mm. And I think that's, that is a disservice that mm. oftentimes we, we know, we know what to do. Mm-hmm. We know we need to eat well. We know we need to, to move more. And I think there's this deep sense of guilt and shame mm. that we all feel. And, and if we're honest, we're so busy. If, for statistically, we know 70% of, of Americans are not moving enough just to maintain their present health. Hmm. Seven out of 10 of us wow. are not doing enough physical activity just to maintain, not improve, but to maintain our present health. So even just those kind of stats are really depressing because mm-hmm. it's kind of like, okay, what do I do with that? I'm so busy. I'm on the go all the time. I'm, You name it. I'm just exhausted. So... I think when we lead with the how and saying, well, you, and this is what I would say, um, well, you need to block out three to five days a week of regular aerobic activity, 20 (laughs) to 60 minutes at a time. What I call that now, honestly, Heidi, is the blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that, remember on Charlie Brown, Mm -hmm. when the teacher would talk, right? Because I think that's what we are so used to doing is regurgitating that information. And while it's solid and it's true, Mm -hmm. um, for many of us, it's not realistic. Mm-hmm. It just isn't that we have the time to devote to our physical health mm-hmm. in that way. So what I began to realize is we've got to flip this Equation. upside down. Mm-hmm. We really do. And that's when I began to really address, and that's when God brought into my life individuals that were speaking to my heart, and it really was the why. Mm-hmm. It was that discussion of dig deeper. Mm-hmm. What is your deeper motivation? Mm-hmm. What is your deeper reason? What is it that God desires for me? He mm-hmm. wants me to be whole. Mm-hmm. He wants shalom for my life. Mm-hmm. 
what is my responsibility? What is my contribution to that? Um, and I think oftentimes we forget that. We forget to ask that without the guilt, without the mm-hmm. shame. Um, because Heidi, I can share with you this and your listeners. I live in this world. I'm in the fitness realm and mm-hmm. the nutrition realm. But for me, I, I was out of balance in other ways. Mm. I was running so fast. I was not sleeping well. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, more coffee than normal. I actually found myself, the stress levels were so high that the diagnosis for me was burnout and compassion fatigue. Mm-hmm. It was literally trying to help everybody change their health mm-hmm. and well-being. All along, I was wrestling with my own struggles. Yeah. So it could be weight. It could be cholesterol. It could be blood pressure. Those are symptoms. Those are all symptomatic mm-hmm. of what's really going on core mm-hmm. in our heart and our mind. Um, and that's where I began to realize we need to, we need to address this directly to the heart. Absolutely. And then once we start defining our why, um, we have to decide if we believe that it really matters. Mm. Um, because I can imagine some people listening to us right now still think of this as peripheral, mm-hmm. as optional, as the thing you do when you do have enough flexibility in your yeah. life or the thing you do, you know, if you really want to look better or, um, you know, that it just seems optional and not imperative. Can you talk to us about the fact that it's not really optional, not only for our physical wellness, but our spiritual wellness. There are principles, I think, uh, laws that God has implemented, not only in the universe, but also physiologically, for example. Um, we know that as we are, in fact, Heidi, we would not even be having this discussion, to be honest with you, a hundred years ago. Mm. We wouldn't talk about exercise, for example, mm-hmm. because our entire day was exercise. Right. So. We need to know that mm-hmm. the, the idea of structuring something into our day is really because of our environment. Mm-hmm. We are sitting, the average person sits anywhere from 7.7 to 15 hours per day mm-hmm. or lies down. Mm-hmm. So we are predominantly sedentary. We know physiologically what happens to our bodies is we experience, actually we age much faster physiologically mm-hmm. because of being sedentary. So literally we're losing we're losing our health primarily because we're losing our muscle tissue. Mm-hmm. And physiologically we know it's because of not aging, it's because of inactivity. Mm-hmm. So we know if if we were just to help people move more, not, and, and this is important, not exercise. I'm not talking about exercise. I'm just talking about physically moving more. For example, just changing from sitting all day long to standing occasionally mm-hmm. or performing just a few movements every hour, just a couple of, let's say, just standing up and sitting down, stand, mm-hmm. doing some body weight squats, mm-hmm. just doing that. Mm-hmm. I had an epiphany Heidi, when I was writing, I began to go from Mm -hmm. being a personal trainer into the writing realm and I'm sitting all day long. Mm. And so I started realizing I'm sitting all day long writing about the disease of sitting disease. (laughs) And I realized I need to stand up and and I began to just do 10 squats every Mm -hmm. hour. Believe it or not, just doing that at the end of the day, that's 80 repetition, that's Mm -hmm. 80 squats. Just doing that can physiologically reverse the, the idea of atrophy. Wow. So we know there are certain things that we can do physiologically from a fitness perspective. There are specific things we can do nutritionally that we can talk in more depth mm-hmm. about. Um, there's no question, Dr. Hans Deal from Loma Linda University nailed it when he mm-hmm. said, we are overfed 
but undernourished. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The reason why we're craving so much sugar in our diets, I know for myself personally, there's nothing better than getting <laughs> something sweet yes. at the end of the day, <laughs> right? And you're tired, you're exhausted, just having that. But what happens physiologically, what begins to... Food is information. Mm-hmm. When it goes into our bodies... Everything expresses itself, mm. even our genes. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about gene expression, literally cancer s- cells can yeah. be reacted because of what we consume, uh-huh. heart disease, you name it. We know lifestyle environment has a tremendous impact upon our health. Tremendous. We know that. So there are certain things I think we know, but we don't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. We don't want to talk about our bodies are aging much faster because we're sitting way too much. Mm-hmm. Our bodies are aging much more and we're losing energy and we're experiencing mental fatigue. We're experiencing fog. Uh, our mental clarity is poor. We may even notice our emotional uh, life changing because of inactivity mm-hmm. and poor nutrition. I don't think we have talked enough within the church about the implications of that type of a lifestyle mm-hmm. without the guilt and the shame. Right. And I think that we have to balance that. So I think there's the other side of the equation, and that is that is a very extreme. Mm-hmm. That is an individual that lives for fitness, mm-hmm. lives for controlling their food. Mm-hmm. That can become a god. Absolutely. Right? That can become an idol. Absolutely. That can be something that the why has changed now. Mm-hmm. Notice the, that it's a significant difference that we are now worshiping ourselves right. versus really glorifying God. Mm-hmm. There, there's, And I think within our culture, and, and that may be, Heidi, why, and, and with good reason within the church, there's suspicion. Mm-hmm. Why should we entertain this idea of healthy nutrition and regular activity, physical activity and exercise? Because the world will tell us you need to look a certain way to Correct. be valuable. Right. You need to lose weight to somehow be accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, those are lies. Mm-hmm. Those are absolute lies. So as the church, if anyone is going to preach the truth behind for example, theology of the body, mm-hmm. right? Right. Of the physical body. It should be us. Mm-hmm. It should be. But I, I think that's why I'm so I'm so proud of you and, and mm-hmm. really you taking this on because um, it's a dialogue that we need to have. Mm. It, it is. really is. And I appreciate you bringing up the point about um, idols, you know, eating disorders, eating mm. obsession, where we're totally focused on our body image, or sometimes it's not even about our body, but it's our ability to control something. Yeah. And all of those things are idolatry. Mm-hmm. And I want to be clear that that's not what we're talking about. Right. We're talking about being willing to see that glorifying God with our bodies is mm. part of our spiritual mm discipline in life. And that extends from our sexuality to our nutrition, to our physical wellness in terms of moving and exercise, um, to our rest. All of those things have to be a part of that picture. Again, your identity in Christ is is the most important thing. And He loves us wherever we are, Mm -hmm. whatever brokenness or difficulty we may be in. But at the same time, we need to understand He wants us whole. And if we're listening, he's always drawing us to the path of wholeness. Always. So that we can be closer to him and glorify him more. Amen. Always. He's always working to heal our brokenness. Always. And and I think that knowing that the physical component of our lives, sometimes we just close our eyes to that. We do. And, and again, I think the world has crept into our thinking mm-hmm. of 
oh, you've got to be this certain weight. Or, or if I begin to exercise and eat well, and all of a sudden the scale's not moving, I don't see a weight loss, mm-hmm. then we think, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. It's useless. That is not true. I cannot tell you how many people I've seen that are very thin, but are not fit. Right. And there's a big difference. Or healthy. It's not a, a number on a scale. It's not aesthetically what we look like. It really is important to understand this is, we are like a, a dragster. Or think of a, a, a multi-million dollar thoroughbred. Mm. If you had a horse that you paid millions of dollars for, would you feed it junk? Would you not exercise it? Would mm-hmm. you take care of that horse because you invested so much mm-hmm. into that beautiful animal? Of course mm-hmm. you would. We know that. Mm-hmm. We know if we bought a new car, we would not put the worst gas in mm-hmm. the tank as possible. We know we wouldn't. But when it comes to our own bodies, I think, again, there's a deeper question we have to ask ourselves mm-hmm. and answer. Christ died for us. Yeah. He paid a price, a great price for mm-hmm. us, our body, mind, and soul to save us. You are not your own. Right? <laughs> right. And I think we forget that if we woke up every morning and reminded ourselves we were bought with a price mm-hmm. and that our stewardship of our body, of our mind, Heidi, you brought up earlier the other addictive um areas of our lives that we could dive into, mm-hmm. right? Whatever that be, mm-hmm. um, whether it's money. I know for me, I was becoming a workaholic. Mm-hmm. Even though I was mm-hmm. serving others, mm-hmm. I was beginning to, this codependent side of me was trying to fix everybody mm-hmm. else. And again, a good thing to start with, but then it began to uh, lose. I lost control of mm-hmm. that. So I needed to look at myself and say, I'm not in shalom. I'm not in balance. Mm-hmm. I'm not physically, emotionally relationally and spiritually balanced. Mm-hmm. So again, we're we're not just talking about weight here. That may be a symptom that you're you're dealing with. I'm talking about really looking at your nutritional health, looking at your your movement, really the 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 four or five key areas that I think that ultimately we'll talk more about. So Sean, help us understand we've talked about weight, we've talked about physical activity, we've talked about trying to understand the why, we've talked about um the pace of our lives Mm. and all a multitude of things that make this sort of difficult for us. One thing we haven't touched on so far is how stress plays into this and the impact of stress on our bodies and how to see that in, um, in the light of spiritual discipline Mm. and glorifying God. I was speaking to a pastor just the other night. Um, He called me and he had seen his, blood pressure numbers, and he was he was very concerned. Uh, as we began to talk, um, he was considering medication. He, over two years now, he'd been at a very high number, and the, the risk now was uh, he was beginning to, to see plaque development on his arterial wall. Mm. So that ultimately is a concern. There, mm-hmm. His father passed away at the same age he is now. Mm. So he's beginning to think mm-hmm. about but again, going back to the why, he said this to me. He said, Sean, I know God has called me to serve here and mm. I'm I'm in a fight and mm-hmm. I'm going to do everything I can to preserve my health for mm-hmm. my family, as mm-hmm. you mentioned, and also for my, my ministry. Mm-hmm. But as we began to talk about that, we began to talk about stress. Mm. We began to talk about the impact that that he was under, the the load, the weight that he experienced mm-hmm. every day. And what was interesting, Heidi, is I asked him, how do you handle your stress? What do you typically do? And he said, I consume a ton of sugar. Mm-hmm. And and we a lot of us do that. We right? do. So it, it is a go-to. It is, it is something that chemically will change us. It makes us feel better. 
Physiologically, though, it can lead to an enormous amount of metabolic disorders, mm. tremendous amount. So for him, he began to realize, I need to cut out the sugar in my, in my diet. Um, there are some simple things that we can do to wean off sugar. And there are other addictive agents out there as well. Caffeine can be one that I was using quite a bit of. Mm-hmm. And I think, Heidi, what we don't realize is the impact that stress ultimately has on our, our mental well-being, emotional health, but also our physical health. It begins to literally erode, um, I think, in many ways, our physiological well-being. And Because when it comes to stress, we know that we're going to be under it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's inevitable. It is. There will be seasons in our lives when stress is off the charts. I mean, from a, a, a from a simple stress scale, we know it's off the charts, whether it be a loss of a family member or someone in our congregation, we know we're dealing with a, a tremendous amount. Mm-hmm. I think that as leaders, those in the helping profession, I know for myself, I was pushing those things aside, mm-hmm. thinking I could just get by, but it was taking its toll. Mm-hmm. I think much like someone in the military, when they're dealing with chronic stress, Mm -hmm. chronic trauma, Mm -hmm. what do we do with that? So what we do is we internalize it, and then we also consume other agents that help us feel better, Mm -hmm. whatever that be, whatever that is to help us chemically feel just good for the moment. And I think it's really um, easy in the church to, we can have some pretty specific boundaries regarding pornography. Mm. That doesn't mean Mm. we're living to them, Mm. but we have some pretty specific boundaries that everybody knows. There are, maybe it's a little grayer regarding alcohol, but we have some pretty specific like you shouldn't be someone who's getting drunk all the time, right? Right. right. We have pretty specific sort of boundaries regarding a lot of the go-tos. Mm. We don't have specific nope. boundaries regarding food. No. Every church meeting has sugar available to you in multitudes of forms. Um, it's just a part of the church culture that has somehow been overlooked. And yeah. it's like sugar and food, they are our acceptable addictions. Yeah. But when you yes. think of stress from yeah. a cortisol and what our body is already releasing, we are at such a heightened state physically and emotionally that when we bring sugar into our bodies, it actually acts as an inflammatory agent mm. where now our body is inflamed. Mm. And I would encourage folks to even experiment with this. Going away from sugar and just push, pushing sugar aside for just a moment, even artificial sh- mm-hmm. uh, sweeteners aside you will notice your taste buds completely changing within three days. Mm. Just three days, you will notice that if you taste a piece of fruit, it will taste completely different than it did three days ago. Mm. Our our taste buds change, our body begins to change, and just the inflammation toxicity levels will decrease significantly. If there's one thing that we can do, Heidi, to transform our health and and our eating, eating behavior is to minimize or decrease completely the sugar addiction that we have. Mm. I know for myself, that was something I struggled with, but it was more from an artificial side. And I knew as a health professional, this is not good for me, but I still needed that sweet. That cup of coffee that is sweetened mm-hmm. uh, on the counter, and I know mm-hmm. it tastes great. Don't, you know, don't get me wrong. I <laughs> the dessert that. in a cup? Yeah. <laughs> but think about that's literally, we're looking at anywhere from 350 to 500 calories a day consuming something like that is one pound of fat mm. per week. Wow. So when we think of it in that vein uh, and, and maybe a, a appeal to our vanity, that is something that helps us think that's a lot of calories. Mm-hmm. But what we don't talk about 
is what it does inside of our bodies from, from an inflammatory perspective that you literally will experience more cr chronic fatigue. You'll experience greater amount of headaches. You'll notice your energy levels going up and down. It is unbelievable what food does to our bodies mm. and our mind. You are totally talking to the right person. It was not further away than last night at dinner <laughs> that I said, sugar has gotten out of control for me again. And for several years, I had hardly any sugar in my life and I felt so much better. Yeah. But when stress is high, even though I've had the experience of knowing I feel so much better, it's so easy to oh, yeah. get back into, I'm just going to have a little and then a little turns into a little every night and totally. then a little every night turns into now I'll have some at lunch yeah. and on and on and on the cycle goes because we have to be honest that the way any addiction, whether it's a literal addiction yeah. or it's or it's a mental addiction works is that... I do get some hit from it. Yeah, I, I oh, do absolutely. get some benefit from it. Otherwise, I wouldn't keep doing yeah, it. Yeah. And so I, I'm totally listening to what you're saying and going, oh, this is so <laughs> exactly what I have to do. But we know, uh -huh. I mean, I know, you know, as, as health professionals, we, we have to admit mm -hmm. that it changes my chemistry. Mm -hmm. Every piece of food, anything that comes in, a liquid or a food substance coming into my mouth mm -hmm. and ultimately through my system is information. Mm. It literally is informing it's a really myself good way to think about that. on on literally how to react. It's like a computer. Mm -hmm. There are keystrokes, and the information is coming in. How does my body deal with that? Mm -hmm. We're learning so much more about food and nutrition, and I'm so glad Heidi you brought that up because, again, do we beat ourselves up? Do we do we say to ourselves, "Oh my gosh, you're you're off the wagon per mm -hmm. se"? No, mm -hmm. you know, really, I think we can. Understand that grace always yeah. provide that for yourself and use it as a learning opportunity. Right. Right. What is this, Lord? Help me to understand why am I feeling drawn towards sugar? Mm -hmm. What's the propensity for me to need, quote unquote, mm -hmm. need sugar at this time? Mm -hmm. um, and I think in many ways we we distract ourselves. Absolutely. I know I do. I mean, if I'm really honest. Absolutely. And again, I do this for a living. I help people with their health and their fitness for a living. Yes, and, well, we're pastors. So, <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're tracking with you. Right. But you, again, we're all in the helping profession. So I think we're looking for that little piece of heaven, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that's where, where I think what we need to talk a little bit about as well, Heidi, is um, the food industry. Mm. What they're doing is they are literally lying mm. to all of us. Mm. Uh, our children, for example, mm -hmm. the obesity levels are at such a state where right now nationally, uh, what we're seeing from a health crisis, if we don't address this from, I mean, literally from an inactivity and abuse of, of just sugar in general amongst our children, um, it's catastrophic. Mm -hmm. When my wife is an intensive care nurse, she sees the other side of it. Yeah. And this is what I don't think we, I, I'm going to mention this. I don't know how your listeners may take this. I hope you understand the vein and the, what I'm sharing, the idea behind this. My wife sees people coming into the in care, intensive care unit. She sees years and years of abuse, uh, again, of, of food, of inactivity, of lifestyle behavior. Yeah. Because we know there are certain things, if we do them consistently, and don't get me wrong, it's, I'm not saying it's easy, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, but over time, those things accumulate, and we ultimately see, my wife sees it every day, mm -hmm. of a 40-year-old, a 50-year-old, an individual that's my age, mm -hmm. in the hospital, who, honestly, Heidi, will not just die, 
That's what we don't realize. I think sometimes in the church we think, hey, I'm just going to live the way I want to and God's going to take me whenever he wants to. Mm. No, what usually happens is that we will our, our life will be prolonged for 10, 15 years longer and we're dealing with a health issue that is dramatic mm. and it affects us in more ways than we could mm. ever imagine. And I don't say that to scare people, but I want them to understand. But we have to deal with reality. We do. We have to know that what we're doing to our bodies is ultimately affecting not just us, those around us. Mm -hmm. When Frank looked at me and said, Sean, I want to do this for my daughter. Mm -hmm. Here's this big, strong Vietnam vet who was going to beat me up you know, a few <laughs> months earlier, right? right? Now looking at me with a tear in his eye saying, I want to be at my daughter's wedding. Mm. That I don't know, Heidi, to me, that's what needs to happen within the church. We've got to get back to finding that why. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Sean, let's say someone's ready to really be willing to think about these yeah. things. Give us some handles. Talk to me about needing to have less sugar in my life. Give us some practical steps. Yeah. It depends where you are. Mm -hmm. Honestly, there's various stages of change. So what I would recommend, the first stage is just not thinking about it. So hopefully this dialogue is going to help people think about yeah. it. The second stage is thinking about it. Mm -hmm. So I would highly recommend just keeping a food and fitness diary, mm -hmm. just tracking what you eat, what you consume, and what you drink mm -hmm. for at least three days. Mm -hmm. That exercise alone can be eye-opening. Yes, that's and a reality. Also, yeah, and from Check. a fitness standpoint as well, I would also write down not only activity, but also inactivity. Mm -hmm. For example, how much are you sitting throughout the day? Mm -hmm. That is critical to help us understand really more about mm -hmm. um, what our body is mm -hmm. doing. Then the next stage is really planning. I would really begin to sit down and and literally write down your goals. Mm -hmm. What do you want to change? Mm -hmm. What is it specifically that you'd like to improve? Um, what is it your weight? Is it your blood pressure? Do you want to improve your energy? Mm -hmm. Identify those mm -hmm. things. But then also write down what are the specific behaviors that I know would change that. Mm -hmm. And this is an important question, honestly, Heidi. It's we know what to do, mm. but we we and we also need know how to do it. Mm -hmm. But I think what we don't realize is every day we have an opportunity to mm. do that. Mm -hmm. That's critical. Mm -hmm. That if I just move a little bit more today than I did yesterday, that's of extreme benefit to mm -hmm. me. And the next stage is action. Mm -hmm. So what can you do today to just move a little bit more mm -hmm. or eat a little bit better? Mm -hmm. So for example, I would consider this: if you have not exercised in years, think about going for one block walk and then come home. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. Don't think about, I think we have a tendency to think we've got to go for 30 to 60 minutes. Start small, very, very small. Mm -hmm. If you're sitting throughout your day, stand up occasionally throughout your day. We've seen, research has shown, Dr. Levine out of the Mayo Clinic discovered by sitting too long, you can actually destroy your health, but just by moving a little bit, even for 30 seconds mm -hmm. throughout your day, can have a profound difference in your life. That's fascinating. I'm so aware of so many of the parallels, which only underscores our point, to spiritual wellness, right? Mm. Someone becomes a Christian. We don't tell them to read the book of Revelation. Right. <laughs> we say, why don't you start in Mark? Right. And why don't you just read a little bit and see who Jesus is? That's right. Right. And then when you talked about, um, you were writing about the effects of sitting and yet there you were sitting. Right. I mean, you just described a pastor's life, right? I'm, cr I'm, Preaching a sermon on sure. something that I go, oh yeah, I'm not even doing this yeah. in my own life. Right. You know, there's there's so many parallels, which underscores this really is a part of our spiritual formation. Yeah. This yeah. really is a part of our spiritual discipline. No question. From a fitness perspective, Heidi, I would ask the question and ask ask ourselves this question. Um, what do I enjoy doing? Hmm. What do I like to do? Hmm. What is 
what is um, encouraging and uplifting to mm-hmm. me? Is it walking? Um, is it going to a fitness class? Mm-hmm. Um, is it literally just performing a few movements throughout your day? Mm-hmm. And I think this is, we need to just really dispel this, this lie. And that is we have to go to the gym to be healthy. You mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. You can literally perform simple movements in your house, just body weight exercises that will actually transform your health and, mm-hmm. and fitness just by performing a few minutes a day. Mm-hmm. So any movement is better than no movement. Mm-hmm. That's critical to understand. Mm-hmm. And the best exercise in the world, Heidi, do you know what it is? Mm-mm. It's the one you'll do. <laughs> right? Ooh, good answer. It is the one that we like yeah. to do uh-huh. typically and the one that we enjoy. I would mention this though. One thing that's very helpful is actually scheduling time for yourself. Mm-hmm. And this is a little bit extreme, but I would challenge your listeners to give it a try. Try a 10-day detox. Mm. Literally going away from these foods for just 10 days. Now, I'm not saying you can't go back to eating Mm -hmm. fast food again and Mm -hmm. not having sugar again. I'm just saying for 10 days, try this. Um, And I'd be happy to shoot you over some information. Maybe folks can download. Super simple. Take a little just test before you do your 10-day and just write down, how do you feel energy-wise? How do you feel from just motivation? Mm -hmm. How do you feel physically, your joint health? Mm -hmm. Just jot down some markers for yourself. Maybe take your weight. You know, you can take a few biometrics in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Then go in this 10-day and ideally eliminate sugar, Mm -hmm. eliminate caffeine, eliminate alcohol. Mm -hmm. Ideally stay away from starch in Mm -hmm. general and just eat normally throughout your day. And Heidi, a great rule of thumb, when you look at your plate, 50% 50% of it, the, the largest majority of 50 to 60% really should be green leafy vegetables. Mm-hmm. Ideally, mm-hmm. ideally. In America, we eat completely the opposite. Mm-hmm. Our largest portions typically are protein or starch. Mm-hmm. And if we can just reverse that meal angle, very, very beneficial. Mm-hmm. But try this for just 10 days. Watch what happens. After, now, don't get me wrong. First three days are a little bit dicey, a little tough, but watch what happens to your taste buds. Mm-hmm. Watch what happens to your energy level. Watch what happens to your mental clarity. And at the end of the 10 days, you will. we've seen people losing seven pounds, eight pounds, some 10 pounds, but that's a side effect. Right. It's really the energy and the health that mm-hmm. they experience that's really beneficial. And then as you're talking, I'm thinking, um, even though this is stuff that's super important to me, I probably haven't been paying attention to how I've been using sugar instead of leaning on Jesus. And so mm-hmm. if I do a 10-day detox, it's probably going to reveal some of the needs in my heart and that can only be good if I don't have something else I run to, because then Preaching, girl. <laughs> because then I will run more to the place that can really satisfy my soul, and that is to Jesus. And so that's a really, really good place for us to wrap up. I know there's one more thing you wanted to say about the faith community mm. and about support. Mm. So why don't you offer that to us, and then we'll wrap up our time. We are so much stronger together. If there were one secret sauce to help us change any behavior, whether it's food or fitness or managing our stress, it would be to have a group of individuals that you can you can share your heart with. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. A question I had to ask myself: Do I have people in my life that I can share my heart with? Mm-hmm. Besides my wife, mm-hmm. um, besides other p- people you may have in your family, are there others in your life that you can share your heart with? Mm-hmm. Because I truly believe. Our, our propensity to be uh, drawn in by sugar, by other unhealthy behaviors, mm-hmm. is has a lot to do with our stress. Mm-hmm. So if we can just address our emotional needs, mm-hmm. 
with others and discuss those with others and Mm -hmm. share what's going on in our lives. Uh, We've seen, Heidi, so many wonderful benefits of that and individuals that are, they're not drawn to those agents anymore. Yeah, it's the power of community. Absolutely. It's the way God made us out of the Trinity that lives in constant communion with one another. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Sean, thanks so much for being here today. There's so many other things I know we could talk about and uh, maybe we'll do a, maybe we'll do a follow-up for people in three months to revisit this, give some people some more ideas and tools, but I appreciate you helping us think through how our physical wellness impacts our Mm -hmm. spiritual wellness and our ability to serve the Lord. So I appreciate you and I'm grateful that you were here today. Thank you. My pleasure.